Welcome along to uh, today's Herald Express Devon Live Talking United Yellow Army podcast. We're back. We're back. We're <laughs> um, we're preparing in the uh, same climate conditions as uh, Samara in Russia. I think yes. for the weekend it's a bit warm here. Sorry to have taken a week out. Yeah, you, you um, all had a week off from us last week. And Let's probably look at it that all way. the better for it as well. Uh, you had a, a, a little time off. Richard was unavailable, and um, it was hardly on for me to talk to myself. I do far too much of that. <laughs> Uh, anyway anyway and so whatever you're doing whether it is the ironing watering the garden or I believe people are planning to put together some flat pack furniture while listening to the podcast this week so uh, good luck with that Bob Um, and if you get to the point where you're looking at the instructions as there's that little picture of the bloke shaking his head and uh, wondering what to do next (laughs) just put the hammer down and listen to the podcast I think is the uh, is the answer now we're going to start with the World Cup because you've just interviewed a very interesting gentleman on the telephone and you've got a bit of an exclusive that the nationals would die for I think you've spoken to somebody inside the Sweden camp. Yes, and, and, and he's somebody who, who uh, some of our listeners may have, have read about before. Um, Paul Balsam is his name. He, he's uh, born and bred in Torquay, went to the grammar school, played for Torquay United's youth team, still a huge fan of the goals. His mobile vibrates every time they score, whether it's at Barrow or <laughs> Wembley. Uh, no, that's, that's a bit of a dream nowadays, isn't it? But still, never mind. Um, it may happen next season. Um, and he, for the last ooh, 10, 12 years, it's he, em- he, em- tournaments yes, now, he emigrated it? to Sweden 20 years ago, uh, married over there, father of four, uh, uh, great bloke, and he's head of Sweden's sports science and performance analysis, as they call it, department, okay. and a very clued up character he is. Um, he the, he these, broke these off strange... to help Leicester win the uh, Premier yeah. League uh, a couple of years ago. He's, 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 he's a clever, clever man. These strange little sort of black boxes that they all wear under their shirts and that kind of thing. He's, he, he analyses what comes out of those. Absolutely. And, uh, makes he, work. He, he knows when they do their tie-ups, when they <laughs> yeah. pick their noses, yeah. how far they run, all that kind of stuff. And uh, because he's played the game and had carried, carried on playing after he went over there, um, you know, he's a real football person and um, a, a very clued up guy. And he, he's been heavily involved in Sweden's World Cup. This is his third World Cup yeah. with them, World Cup finals. And I had a quick chat with him today, just as they were setting out to fly from their base on the Black Sea um, to Samara. It is Samara, is it, rather than Samara? I don't I know. It's I, I only know it because Larda used to have a model called the Samara. Oh, that, um, <laughs> I know nothing else about the place no. at all. Well, anyway, uh, not many people have, but apparently there's about 1.2 million people live there, which, of course, is the, the way it goes over there in Russia. Um, there's lots and lots of vast places which none of us have heard about. Um, and that's where England plays Sweden. And that's Sweden where England plays Sweden final. on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, afternoon. Three o'clock, and, and of course... The point that it's on Saturday afternoon, our time, but it's certainly in the day there, and they're predicting temperatures possibly yeah. uh, in the 30s or, or certainly high 20s. And um, Paul Bolson was saying that the heat will definitely be yeah. a factor in the match. And um, the point he was making is that uh, um, Sweden have been staying in the base which England originally chose and then rejected uh, because they yeah. didn't want to train in too hot a temperatures in the south so they eventually chose to stay is it Repino or somewhere up near somewhere St. Petersburg? A bit further north isn't it's, it? It's yeah. up near the Baltic and so um, uh, certainly Paul wasn't trying to say that England have got this wrong and that uh, Sweden will cope better um, but they've been training in 
uh, pretty hot conditions yeah. for the last week or so. So um, I, I certainly he didn't think that the temperature in Samara would hold any fears for them. Um, uh, and it'll be interesting to see whether that works yeah. out, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, there have been some hints from some of the pundits, and I'm in the school where as soon as the action starts, I tend to turn the sound down and <laughs> make yourself a cup of tea rather than listening to some of the very... There, there have been some really good pundits, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, I, Slavin Bilic I'll listen to most of the time. Um, Do you think that's because he's quite new to it and he hasn't had all the rough edges rubbed off him, which makes him much more interesting to listen well, to? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the Shearers and the Wrights and the Nevilles who never ever say anything that you didn't know before they opened their mouths. Uh, I'm not having them. Um, but there are one or two who are yeah. saving graces in all, thank goodness. Um, but there have been some hints from, from those lads and, uh, and lasses, of course, um, that... England have they finished the games quite strongly enough in one or two instances? Yeah, I th I thought they did quite well against um, Colombia the other I night. They did, okay. um, they did particularly well until they got drawn into the shenanigans. Didn't yeah, they? they were yeah. doing so well to to stay out of it, to not rise to the bait. Because Colombia, I mean, if any Colombians are listening, I do apologise, but they were horrible. Yeah, weren't they they were. They, I th I think I think there was such a huge amount of stake for them. Of course, there was for England as well, but. To have beaten England, mm. uh, you know, I think Colombia, you'd have to know plenty of Colombians. I think they saw themselves as the underdogs and, yeah. and uh, um, the referee was English speaking. He was an American. Yeah, that's rumbled on ever since. Uh, exactly. Now, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I thought he did okay, really. Uh, um, I think yeah. he should have been a lot stricter. I think most of us do yeah. on, on some of it. But. Um, uh, there's a Dutch referee in charge of the very, very experienced Dutch referee Kuipers in charge of the Sweden-England mm -hmm. game, which I think is absolutely fine. Um, and I don't think there'll be anything like the aggro uh, in the Sweden-England game. Most of the players know each other for a start. Well, they, um, yeah, they, and be, the, the styles will be familiar as well. What I've been impressed with, or one of the many things I've been impressed with with England so far, is the way they've changed the way they play according to the opposition. I yeah. mean, they, they haven't tried to play the same way in every game they've tailored the game and it's apart from against Belgium which was a bit of a dead rubber anyway oh, completely. It's, it's worked pretty well yeah. hasn't it yeah I, I mean let's face it they've done at least as well as we all hoped and expected so far yeah. they, uh, the, the reason why everybody's getting dreadfully excited of course is because they can suddenly see a route <laughs> we, yeah. for the, we, yeah. we can see a route to the final which doesn't involve Brazil Germany, although they're out, yeah. France, you know, etc., etc., Belgium, etc., etc., etc. So, but it would be very, very wrong to underestimate this Swedish side. They, yeah. they are. Uh, we know England are capable of beating them if they're at their best. Are they as um, good without Zlatan, though? Uh, I think they're better without yeah. Zlatan, I, I, and and they think they are. Uh, I know uh, when I talked to Paul Bolson before the tournament started, the fact that Zlatan isn't with them mm. is is. You know, privately a plus. Yeah. Uh, uh, all the players have a tremendous team ethic. They are phenomenally <coughs> hard working, uh, uh, and uh, England will find them very, very hard to break down. Yeah. Um, I, Paul was saying, and I think we can all get on board with the fact that it might not be a high-scoring game mm. unless England get score early on. It's the early goal, isn't it? And draw Sweden see. out. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then if England play very, very well and they are capable of doing it, let's face it, 
um, uh, they might win a bit yeah. more comfortably. But if it if it draws in, if it gets drawn into a, a real nil nil scrap for a long, long time, the longer it goes at nil nil, yeah. the harder it gets for England, I think, and the happier Sweden yeah. will be with that. And score one, and you've got to go on and score another. I mean, we've sat there. At this Plainmore. is what we didn't do at, against Colombia. Exactly, we've sat there at Plainmore countless times. We're talking one nil up, saying we're going to need another goal. Yeah. and sure enough, it's proved. Yeah. that we in hindsight we needed another Look, goal. Gareth Southgate has done a fantastic job, and, yeah. and every time we sort of like appear to pick holes and you know and say, oh, couldn't he have done this or shouldn't he pick here? It's not, it's not, it's not broadside criticism. No, no, him, because he's no. getting ninety-five percent right or whatever percent it is right. It's just that the other night, I, I, I don't think the, the introduction of Eric Dyer helped. No, uh, it, it kind of disrupted what England were doing, and it actually drew Colombia onto us because it, it meant that England sat a bit deeper yeah. because there were fewer attacking, real attacking options. Um, uh, it's a bit of a shame that Vardy, by the sound of it, might not be fit because uh, I'm I'm a big fan of of, of playing Vardy, yeah. not because it's Vardy, because, although he's a good player. It's because you know I'm a great believer in football of. <laughs> Ask yourself what the opposition don't want you to do, and yeah, then do, do it. it. Yeah. And they don't want Vardy playing no. against them because. And, he, and, and when you look at the back four, back three, back four, back five, yeah. whatever it is, and when they get the ball, and an opposition team is coming onto them, and there isn't lots of time to pick a nice little pass, etc., etc., you can see them. You watch them on the screen. They look up, and they want an option of that yes. long ball either into the channel and over the top. And that's the ball the opposition don't want them to play. Yeah. But as long as you've got uh, uh, Sterling and Lingard are capable of mm. getting on the end of those things. But the longer the game went on the other night against Colombia, the tireder they looked yeah. and the less likely. And, and I just think Vardy earlier, yeah. or even starting with him if he's fit, which of course he might, he might not be, it's just a... It's just a a, a killer move and even the time he was on the pitch the other night he looked yeah and he does that thing doesn't he where he gets the ball down the middle and if the shot isn't on he pulls away he pulls yeah. wide and that creates time and yeah. space for somebody else to come in behind it it's so simple yeah but he does it so well that's right I just you know this is you know, we're not knocking Sterling we're not knocking Lingard they're, they're, these are talented young players who are capable of winning, yeah. win, winning games um, and maybe against a, a meat and potatoes ah, team like Sweden, there you go. Maybe, um, maybe you need a meat and potatoes football. Yeah, uh, and and we've got Kane, who's look, look, he wins the ball in the air, he holds it up, he scores goals. What's not to like about the England centre forward? Yeah. The only thing he can't do is run like Usain Bolt. Well, if he could, you know, we'd probably have the same <laughs> one by now. But you know, you've got this real real proper centre forward who who can help someone like Vardy I mean yeah. we, we've seen him help the others around him uh, already uh, and so if, you, if you, you either take Kane out of it and knock a ball over the top and let Vardy get on the end of it or try to apart from anything else even if he doesn't finish with a shot or a chance he pulls us up the pitch yeah. turns their yeah. back four and, 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 and gets it in but there, there you go we'll, we'll you will see. Optimistic for Saturday? Yes, yeah. certainly. I, I think I think Southgate has done a great, great job to conduct the whole thing with a relative smile on his face. Yeah. The, 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 there's been none of the kind of furrowed brows and and uh, and, I, and I I don't think his team talks. I'd love to sit in on one, but I doubt very much whether they're very complicated. Uh, no. I, I think they do the work before the games. They they they, they discuss all that kind of stuff. 
uh, and I think um, you know I think he's straightforward. I don't think he tries to fill the players with too much yeah. complications, too many complications, and and he, he's got a hell of a lot right. And, <coughs> and I, for, for his sake and for their sake, you know, I, you know, we'd all yeah. love them to do it, but, but mainly because they've gone about it so well. And there hasn't been this time. There hasn't been a story from outside the camp. None of the players have been out on the lash, as far as we know. No, nobody's broken ranks. There hasn't been a scandal as yet. He said, touching wood. But you know, in previous World Cups, there's always been that edge that, that you know something might kick off, that the characters are too big and too much ego. This time, they seem to be together much more, don't they? They seem to be. Yeah, that's that's and, the and, outward and, uh, no, sign, isn't it? Yeah, and and you know, he just seems to have conducted all of yeah. that pretty well. Uh, uh, there is a, there is a, an innate openness about him, you know that that, that uh, he, he I don't think he's basically a suspicious person or mm. you know inward looking or anything like that. Um, and and you know for all of that I think we'd 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 like we'd like them to do it I think we've got the team in the quarterfinals that you know when push comes to shove we'd probably say fine okay well, your, with your them. dark horses are still in there aren't they yeah. Croatia who you tipped before the tournament began well I, I you know me and a few others um, uh, they've got Russia I don't think Russia are as good as. Mm. Some people at home think they've been, although you should never, ever, ever write off the home team in no. a World Cup tournament. And of course, if it comes down to extra time and penalties, then anything can happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll stick with Croatia for the time being. Yeah. Um, because of course, obviously, if they beat Russia and England beat Sweden, we those two meet and in, in, will meet in the semi-final. But um, uh, no, it's very exciting, isn't it? And it every, is. every, we're, we're all be we'll all be there on on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Bad uh, luck if I, you've been I, invited to a wedding or anything like that. By oh the my way, goodness, on yes, of course. There will be people out there who yeah. will be just be that. You've just you've got to do the decent thing. You've got yeah, to go. The to best the man just about yeah. just about to sp- make the speech that he's worked on for <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> six months or a year, and everybody's looking at their phones <laughs> under the table. Uh, <laughs> Dreadful, yes. But before I shall have a bike ride, and we'll be watching it in a pub somewhere over there. So. Good man. Uh, before we leave the World Cup and get back onto far more important football things like Talkie United, we must talk about Neymar for a moment, <laughs> we, because we we was talking in the office the other day, weren't we? The, the business of Neymar when the, somebody came up and trod on his ankle, quite gently it, trod on his ankle. It was hardly a trod, was it? it? And Neymar spent the next couple of minutes rolling around on the ground in agony. What separates Neymar from other footballers, among other things, is that when you and I played at various local team levels and course football that we played, if somebody had come trodden on your ankle, would you have rolled around on the ground screaming or would you have got yourself back up and confronted the person who trod on your ankle and said, I say, old chap, what was that all about? <laughs> or words to that effect. See you in five minutes. Exactly. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a different game that goes on in his head, isn't there? Yeah, I, I think as we, I was chatting to my lad about this and, and he's pretty clued up about sort of football and he's passionate about all these things. Uh, he's a far bigger Norwich City supporter than I am nowadays, even though I grew really? up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he... He 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 was asking me about who do you think are the greatest players you've seen? Yeah, uh, uh, and and he said, and he he's obviously he grew up with Maradona doing great stuff, mm. and I can't have Maradona. No, uh, and I know he was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful footballer, and I told him that the greatest players that I'd ever seen were Pele, uh, um, uh, George Best, uh, and Messi. Yeah, uh, uh, and the reason I I 
we were chatting about why that is and why what your reaction to players and all that kind of stuff is that I deep down I don't think that Pele and George Best and Lionel Messi have the egos that Ronaldo no, in other words not. it's yeah. never about yeah. them mm. it's never about them and I think the reason why emotionally <coughs> I've always been drawn to those players rather than to Maradona and to Ronaldo who I accept are breathtakingly great footballers yeah. is because it is about them yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and phenomenal that they are you know Ronaldo's record is just mind boggling isn't it, it comes uh, down and to with it. Neymar yeah. I think there's a there's a streak of yeah it's about me yeah you know uh, yeah. and and he was trying to draw attention to himself in that I have no doubt that Neymar fantastically talented has been kicked from up hill and down there ever yeah. since he first pulled on a pair of boots and he's probably waiting for someone to do it but you know, it's like Pepe, the Portuguese defender, isn't it? You know, one of his teammates has got to tap him on the shoulder and say, "Look, you're, you're just embarrassing." Would us you here. do you it? Know, you're just you? embarrassing yeah. yourself, aren't you? You know, goodness <laughs> sake, man. You know, I've got to write home to me aunt about this sort of thing. You know, yeah. and, and uh, but uh, no, there we are. It's it's uh, it's it's interesting stuff. It's I think we all reacted the same way to that. But, An England Brazil um, final would be something to behold, wouldn't it? Oh. But first, they'd have to negotiate the semi-final, which is next. One of the semis, anyway, is next Tuesday. Well, and 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 I mean, leading us smoothly into talking about Talker United. Although just before we do that, we both feel the same way that 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 we are amazingly sad that Japan are out. Oh, of course, yes, and very remiss <laughs> of me not to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what a shame. A brilliant to watch on the pitch. We were all rooting for them the yeah. other night. I think. But also, not only did the supporters clear up their section of the, ter- of, the, of the terracing, having just lost, but the players cleared up their own dressing room and yeah. left a thank you note in Russian. Really? Yeah, yeah, after the match. Now, come on. That's top quality, That's isn't top it? quality, yeah. and um, we're very sorry that they've... Uh, they can come back again. Any time they yeah. like. They're, they're, they're great value to watch, aren't they? They never stop. They were unlucky. Well, they 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 may be a little bit naive Naive, to throw everything forward. Yeah, in other words, that that corner in extra time, don't knock it into the keeper to catch. (laughs) But there you go. It's uh, they're out. So yes, but anyway, the two semi-finals. Yeah, the first Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, uh, we all hope that we're rooting for England on the Wednesday, but the Tuesday night. So Brazil or Belgium versus Uruguay or France yeah. will take place at the same time as Torquay United versus Forest Green Rovers. Yes. Now, uh, uh, good luck to United and Forest Green Rovers on the attendance front next yeah. Tuesday night, but uh, uh, not the greatest of uh, just. Well, thank goodness it's not on the England semi-final mm. night, yeah. but. Um, uh, no, uh, the, but first this, this the first pre-season friendly the first chance of 2018 to see the new uh, the new squad, and there's a lot of new faces going to be. Uh, there will be showing up. Uh, I, I think as well that um, Gary Owls has hinted that that, that uh, there'll be, I think, hopefully three or four more new mm-hmm. players through the door before then, plus a couple of trialists, which I think he's hoping to get in next week. Yeah, and. Uh, as as it, intriguing and as interesting as the transfer activity has been so far, uh, I think most supporters feel that the next few players yeah. are potentially the ones that will transform the squad from interesting stroke competitive into yeah. promotion, promotion tag candidates. on it. 
Because I mean, there have been there have been signings since we last podcasted. There have been several signings since we last podcasted, which listeners will be up to date with, uh, no doubt. Um, Plenty. Some, some interesting ones. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the right back Winter is ben Winter. a good signing. I think everybody um, hopes and thinks that. I've spoken yeah. to one or two people about him that that uh, you know have seen him play up in in London. Came out of Crystal Palace as a youngster. Uh, Bromley. Um, uh, only 20 years old, of course, yeah. it's worth remembering. He had a very good run at Hampton and Richmond in this league, and here we go again. Experience at this level yeah. can't possibly be a bad thing, can it? Um, uh, uh, young, fit, strong, attacking, yeah. right back. What's not to like about that? United have had plenty of good attacking left backs over the years, and, and the Isn't right back spot. You would have thought it would be the other, the way, other way around. around yeah. um, and Liam Davis, since we last spoke, Liam Davis has confirmed. resigned. He's I think re-signed. that's a massive plus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's gone under the radar a little bit, of course, because it happened soon after um, Winter and Jason Banton signed. Yeah. Um, but if Liam Davis doesn't turn out to be the best attacking left back in the National League South last, last season, I want to see the bloke who is. Yeah, um, I think that's a real big plus. Uh, once he got over his foot injury problems at the start of last season, um, you know, don't forget he it was the thirteenth match before he actually pulled yeah. a pair of boots on in anger last season. Um, you know, when United started off with all those injury problems, and um, he does look good going forward, doesn't yeah, he? When he gets um, the ball at his feet and he gets the sight of goal. He goes, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He's 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 a good athlete. He's, yeah. he's a big lad for a start. Um, had a moment or two in defence, which which uh, yeah. uh, um, he wasn't alone. No, no, no that's <laughs> absolutely right. But no, he he's got the capability of yeah. of, of ripping that league. I think um, uh, Asa Hall, really good, experienced yeah. uh, um, personality in midfield. He sounds up for it as well, doesn't he? In the yeah. interviews that I've seen, you know, he sounds very positive. He sounds as if he sees the move to Torquay as as a positive one. Yeah, him. no, and and well, why wouldn't you? And yeah. and and I think he he there's been no confirmation of this yet, but I would have thought he might be a candidate for the captaincy yeah. next season. Um, uh, no, I think that's that's interesting. We've got one one or two other ones, um, you know, Bobson Balling, George Essiman, yeah. Jakob Sokolik, who everybody's kind of forgotten a little bit. He's potentially a, a real solid, steady centre back. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and and we've got a goalkeeper coming next week, which I think they're fairly confident about. Yeah. That'll be a big plus if that position can be nailed down. Uh, I know they were talking to Alex Davy, the former low knee who yeah, ended up clearing off to, to yeah. Boreham Wood, yeah. but he's now gone to Dagenham. So I think uh, we can say, cheerio, Alex, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, in other words, it's one thing to turn a club down once, but another thing to turn right. them down twice. But I think uh, Gary uh, uh, Ours is definitely looking for another centre back there and probably quite right too. Um, uh, which brings about, us to yeah. the Josh Gowling situation, yes. as, as we might do now. Josh Gowling, of course, is a very experienced uh, and effective centre half, but of course, he's in the middle. Uh, this is uh, very strange, isn't it? This is a very talky. The history of Talkie United is full of strange episodes, but this is an odd one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, um, uh, Gowling tweeted recently. Yeah, uh, it was about what's ten days ago. That's now, a while ago, ago, now, yeah. ago now. Yeah, ten days, fortnight ago. That that that. Um, he, he had uh, approached a member of staff. I don't think it was Gary Owls because Gary Owls wasn't physically mm. in the building uh, about uh, the possibility of uh, attending the funeral uh, of, I think he said in his tweet, his best friend's father. Yeah. 
um, and was warned apparently that if he did it without permission he would incur a, a, a club fine. Yeah. Um, which I suppose if you did it without permission you probably <laughs> you would but anyway uh, the fact is of course that you know Gals is, is he's on the transfer list he was placed on the transfer list at the end of last season um, and it just seems a bit of a, a strange thing uh, yeah. episode to have happened uh, particularly well, in the this, middle of summer at this stage yeah, yeah. Do, do you think he'll play for us next season uh, I think there must be a doubt about that yeah um, uh, uh, no matter what was said, the fact that he then tweeted it, you know, yeah. on social media, almost carried a kind of a message in itself. Mm. Um, uh, the club described the tweet as misleading and inaccurate. That's their words. A bit of an investigation has been going on. I know uh, Josh Gowling had a session with um, uh, Jeff Harrop, the general manager. Yeah. On Monday, which was when the rest of the squad started pre-season mm -hmm. training, we don't know yet what has arisen out of that. Um, uh, uh, put it like this: he he doesn't appear to be a happy bunny with the situation no. at the club. He's on the transfer. He's list. on the transfer yeah. list, um, uh, and I don't suppose Gary Hours is over the moon with the whole episode anyway. So you've no. got two unhappy sides to the equation, and. Um, I think most people feel well. It needs to be resolved one way or yes, another. Does, if yeah. Josh Gowling's yeah. going to be here, and we all know what a steady yeah. centre half he can be, then it needs clearing up, and that's the situation. And on we go. Yeah, fine. And, and just while we're on the subject of signings, the, the goalkeeper thing I've just written on my piece of paper in big letters: goalkeeper. You're um, pretty confident that there's uh, something. Yes, I uh, get Gary Hours um, has been, and Dave Hedges, the head of recruitment, have been working on this for some time. Yeah. I'm given to understand uh, that it's almost certainly going to be a longish, if not season-long loan yeah. um, from a football league club. Um, the player at the moment is is staying with his parent club uh, to train, um, to start pre-season and then join. That's the plan. Now, yeah. in these matters, until they walk through the door, uh, yeah, we've, you, you, we've you, encountered that before. That's we? right. Yeah. Um, so I'm given to understand those are the arrangements there. Yeah. So you're talking right, goalkeeper, centre back. Uh, I still think United, and I'm sure Gary agrees, needs another midfield player. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, I know he's it's been a bit of a uh, um, a thing with me that I'd I'd certainly be very pleased to see Tommy O'Sullivan back. Um, yeah. Uh, certainly at this level, I know he didn't rip it up for too much last season but there is a good player in there and I think yeah. he would he would flourish at uh, at lower level but anyway Gary may have and he's available I know so, I know he is available uh, Gary I know has several other names on his yeah. list which probably which I haven't got a clue of and I'm sure they're at least as good as Tommy O'Sullivan I hope they are anyway yeah. but that said of course goals win titles and yeah. promotion and I'm sure he's not also looking for another striker and um when you think that last season, I mean, United have got uh, Brett Williams, Rory Keating, and Jamie Reid on the books yeah. at the moment. Um, you have to remember that at the end of last season, uh, when United's form actually wasn't wasn't bad, really. Uh, yeah, the, the, the slump uh, in, came early. The slump and, came earlier. Yeah. Um, that their two main strikers were Reese Healy and Elliot Romain, and of course, yeah. neither of them are, are here now. Um, and with all due respect to, to, to say Williams, Keating, Reed, Banton, who's capable of playing up front as yeah. well, um, uh, 
this is going to be a tough physical league. You know, yeah. the, 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 there's going to be no prisoners taken here. Um, you don't suddenly start playing chess match, chess matches in the National League South, and and I'm sure Gary Hours is looking for a physically strong. He's looking for an old lag, isn't mentally yeah. tough centre yeah. forward. Now they are harder to find. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. The fact that Matt Reed has lasted as long as he has underlines yeah. that, and you don't get too many Tim Sills and mm. people like that around these days. Um, but if United are going to, to win promotion, and let's face it, that is the absolute Has aim this be, season, yeah. somebody is going to have to score 20 goals next season and a combination of strikers, because I think Gary Hours is yeah. planning to play with <coughs> two wingers, yeah. and I think that's the slots that Jason Banton, Bobson Balling, Jamie Reid, any combination of yeah. those. Is, I think he... he, he if, if you remember him talking last season, he said several, several, several times, the way to win games at National League level, and I'm sure the same thing, is to go down the sides because it's you've got a hell yeah. of a job to go through the middle of a lot of teams. They're physically too strong for that. Um, and I'm sure he's planning to play, yeah. or pretty sure anyway, that he's planning to play with two effective, effectively two wingers. Yeah. So if you're going, going to do that, and then you've got two in midfield, well, you've got two strikers up front, yeah. haven't you? And those two strikers on the whole, or a combination of them, need to be scoring 30 goals between them, uh, 25 to 30 goals between them, to have a, a team that's pushing yeah. for promotion. You, you probably won't get out of the National League South by keeping clean sheets. It helps, of course it does, yeah. but um, you need to be sticking the ball in the back of the net pretty regularly, and that's the one department where at the moment, you know, let's face it, who knows, Jamie Reid may well flourish at this level, uh, Rory Keating may well come on a ton and suddenly start yeah. scoring goals uh, that he struggled to do last year, and Brett Williams, we all know, he will score, it, alongside, give him the chances, alongside, he will score goals. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, he isn't a number nine striker, no. he may have number nine on his back, but he's not a a centre forward, centre forward. He's he's somebody who flourishes best off yeah. a centre forward. He's well capable of getting twenty goals in national league. So we know he is, um, but not ploughing a lone furrow no. on his own. Uh, and uh, so that's you know all still in the mix. And um, by the time United play Forest Green next Tuesday night, I think um, I think United fans hope that two or three more yeah, of those are interesting are in the that. camp. And there's, there's another friendly being added as well, by the way, which we haven't told you about oh, yet, Bristol City Bristol on City. the 24th. I'm, I'm a bit surprised that hasn't been announced before because it's been talked about behind the scenes for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks and, and it all went very quiet. And I, I must say, I, I think I had a bit of time off and I thought, are they still talking about Bristol City? And, yeah, and then, they only announced uh, it yesterday. I know, yeah. yeah. And um, But there you go. The, yeah, that's on the 24th. 24th, that's right. Yeah. Um, the penultimate... Uh, yeah. friendly which of course after Forest Green you've got Cardiff City Plymouth Argyle Bristol City uh, not in that order but, year, but they're, they're those three games and that, and of course a combination of Forest yeah. Green with all due respect to Forest Green and a World Cup semi-final yeah. might mean that people uh, um, keep their money in their pocket for those other three pretty attractive yeah, home prestigious games they've done matches. well to pull those off they have, they they have. and good. I think six is the absolute maximum that, yeah. that, that, that Gary Hours wanted um, he's very aware that United's fixtures, and of course we can in a minute yeah. talk about the fixture list, um, uh, is pretty full on, yeah. not just because of the normal you know, August-September league fixtures and the midweek games, but because United come into the FA Cup on September the 22nd. There's a lot of cup football in that Yeah, fixture, that's right. So I think you and I were sort of had a quick look at it. 
I just, with a just, combination of yeah. FA Cup and FA Trophy, yeah. uh, United could have played five cup ties by yeah. the end of November, yeah. in addition to their league fixtures. So I think Gary Hours is very aware that he didn't want to go into the season proper you know, with a, a team that's already played too many friendlies. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, and that I think six is about right tops. So we go into the FA Cup at the second qualifying round now. We'll be playing in the FA Cup on Saturday, September the 22nd, yeah. which is the earliest we've ever played in well, the FA course, Cup. Well, of course. Normally, uh, United are used to playing uh, the FA Cup first round, which is always on the, November, second, right? the first yeah. or second uh, Saturday in November. So United are coming in nearly two months ahead of that. And then we go into the third qualifying round of the FA Trophy as well, and that gets played. Uh, that's before Christmas as well, yeah, isn't it? November Christmas. the twenty second. That's right. So it's pretty full on. Yeah. Uh, um, and in uh, case in case you hadn't seen the fixtures, I'm sure you have. But we start on Saturday, August the fourth, away at Chelmsford. Now that's a toughie. Now they're, um, they're I know you're highly rated, aren't they? Here we are. We've got to get used to talking about things like Ch- Chelmsford. That's a toughie, haven't we? But yeah, uh, uh, it's it's not exactly Tranmere away, is it, or something like that? But Chelmsford City, ambitious club, want yeah. to play in the National League. In terms of um, where we are, that is a toughie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, they've picked up one or two quite good players. Yeah. Jay Reason's gone there from Maidstone and Ross Warner, the goalkeeper. Um, they've got a couple of ex-United loanees in the team. Uh, yeah. Jazzy Barnum-Bob, who played is United yeah. from uh, Newport, is playing there. Yeah. Uh, and a young ex-QPR winger called Gianni Critchlow, who was on loan here, never actually figured. Um, yeah. Uh, very much he's gone there they're quite an ambitious club um, and I would be surprised if Chelmsford aren't there or thereabouts as managers are uh, are prone to say Um, followed by two home games of course intriguingly uh, Gary Howe's old club Bath City uh, uh, first up at Plainmore Tuesday August the 7th that one with a 7.45 And then Saturday, August the 11th, home to East Thurrock United. East Thurrock United, yeah, the Rocks, they're known as. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Of course, and uh, the more you look down that list, yeah. uh, you look at Chelmsford, Thurrock, Slough, Hampton and Richmond, Hamel Hempstead, Woking, uh, Wheelstone, uh, Billericay, Dartford. Yeah. We're talking M25, aren't we? Uh, He's been a long time on that A303. On the A303, year, yeah. it, it is up to London. There's, there are Dulwich Hamlet, I've forgotten them. Yeah. Virtually half the division, well, I would think probably more than half the division, is either inside or just outside the M25. And the Christmas games were uh, Boxing Day, were at home to Truro. Yeah. Then on the 29th, we're at home to Gloucester. Yep. And then on New Year's Day, away at Truro. So it's all down to Truro for well, New Year's Day. I, th- I think when you think about it, everybody, you know, Truro City being a derby game in this one. Yeah. Is it 90 miles to Truro? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. But then United are used to that. They're, they're, Western Supermare is probably closer, isn't oh, it? We'd be much happier going to yeah. Western Supermare. But I think from Truro's point of view, uh, um, it's not a shock that Truro has been selected for the... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think one of the plus points of the National League as opposed to the Football League is that they actually put these local derbies on Chris, on Boxing Day and New Year's yeah. Day rather than uh, Plymouth Argyle played at MK Dons I think oh, it was on right, Boxing yeah. Day last year How that, that, that's Grim. not to like is it uh, Easter Monday Hungerford Town at home uh, August Bank Holiday as well of course is August Ooh, 27th away at Gloucester yeah well that's Bank not holiday, too bad is it yeah. uh, Gloucester <coughs> I think are playing at Kidderminster at the moment unless they were they? they were yeah. at Warden Road Cheltenham I have a funny feeling they're playing I, I might be wrong about that 
Um, but uh, no, no, and United finish off away from home uh, at St Albans City. Uh, so if they are up there and yeah. uh, hopefully uh, um, batting for a place back in the National League, uh, it won't be unless they have absolutely walked it and we're celebrating on a game before then at Playmore. Well, it, it, it might be away from home. The penultimate league game is a home game and that's the Easter Monday game against Hungerford. Hungerford Town. So uh, yeah. that could be a so, biggie, couldn't uh, it, Easter and, Monday? And, and Chippenham Town, I think, is on the away on the Easter, on Easter Saturday. Saturday. So, yeah. um, but yeah. that's, again, Chippenham, that's not a bad trip, is it? It's only up in Wiltshire. So um, there is, There's some excitement in looking at the fixtures, isn't there? Whatever well, it's a very strange in. thing. You, 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 can either, you can either sort of take the mick yeah. and say, you know, what on earth is this? Uh, or you can say, no, come on. And I think that's the secret to it. One of the great pluses of when United were first relegated from the league to the, con- to the conference yeah. in 2007. Uh, obviously, there was, as we've discussed before, there was that extra money there that the Bristows brought in and that new board. But United did not come down from the Football League feeling sorry for themselves. No. They, they were angry. The club was angry. But Paul Buckle and Colin Lee spent the money, got a team together, and they got a conference, as Paul Buckle said, and we've, I'm probably repeating myself now, a conference team to get out of the conference. Yeah. And I'm sure Gary Hours, who has, has plenty of experience at this level, part of the reason why um, you know he was appointed, not, not for United in the National League South, but, but at conference yeah. level, um, uh, if no, if if anybody should know what's required to, at this level, National League South level, both in terms of recruitment and tactics and fitness and all that kind of stuff, then he should. Yeah, indeed. So that's the football dealt with, but there's another sporting event that begins this weekend that that kind of preoccupies us through July, doesn't it? On the Ile de Noir Moutier on Saturday. The Tour de France begins. The Tour de France begins six days in Brittany. Quite a lot of mates and matesses are going over. There's people are over there already. Yeah, exactly, to to watch the Tour de France. It's going to be a fantastic race. So mark our card, David. Who should we watch out for? Well, first of all, thank goodness that Chris Froome has finally been, in quotes, cleared. Uh, Why why anybody should have been hauled over the coals like he has for for an asthma inhaler? Uh, um, the UCI and the World Anti-Doping Edge got themselves in a dreadful mess. Yeah. They, decla- they, they declare something yeah. legal yeah. and then uh, threaten to ban somebody because they take too much of it. Well, you know, any, we've many, many, I think it's, is it a third of the population suffer from asthma in one shape yeah. or form, yeah. etc., and use an inhaler? <coughs> um, yeah. uh, I've, I've got one great mate who's... I've never seen perform better on a bike after a few puffs than uh, he had it, although that may be <laughs> other factors in that. Yeah. But anyway, he's cleared yeah. uh, to ride. Uh, I hope the French fans uh, get the right message. I was so relieved when Bernardino, uh, who obviously has yeah. been slaughtering Froome over the last few weeks, ought to know better. He rode at a time when there was probably more drugs in the peloton than at any time before or since. Well, maybe not with Lance yeah. Armstrong on board. Um, uh, but Roman Bardet, the, the, the top French yeah. hope, came out and said the other day that he was pleased the whole matter had been resolved, and yeah. uh, um, and let's hope that uh, Froome is, is the, the holder French of, nutters don't yeah. do, do do anything too silly. Froome holds all three of the Grand Tour titles at the moment, yeah. doesn't he? I think one or two people. Have, 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 well, he's not my favourite rider because he doesn't have an awful lot of personality. Mm. Well, okay, so he's not as much of a personality as, say, 
Bradley, Sir Bradley Wiggins, yeah. but he's a wonderful, phenomenal he rider. Yeah. He, he's gutsy. He's tough. He, you never beat him. You know, just when he's down, you, you he'll keep fighting back. Uh, he's not as probably naturally talented as as, yeah. as some others, but he's made himself into this this wonderful winning rider. But this Tour de France is completely open. I, yes, you, you could name ten riders yeah. who have got realistic chances of, of winning the race, and how you know how good is that? So know, Richie Port. I say we like Richie Port. Yeah, don't we Richie Port's a proper contender. Absolutely, and a good mate of Froome's. Yeah, uh, he said the other day. He said he's one of my best friends. He said, but I hope he's completely knackered after the <laughs> Giro, after winning the Giro Italia. I'm sure that's right. Uh, you've got Naira Quintana, yeah. who, who's a definite struggled at pay tour though, didn't he? Well, Quintana, yeah, uh, he can't be a proper tour contender. No. If he struggles <laughs> at pay tour. Um, uh, Romain Bardet, obviously, we talked about. Uh, um, uh, Vincenzo Nibali is a, is, a, yeah. is a former Dumoulin is there as well, isn't he? Who we yeah. are big make, yeah. we're, we're big fans of Dumoulin, aren't we? And we haven't even talked about uh, Uran uh, Rigoberto Uran, who finished second last year. Yeah, and a lot of people have forgotten him. Adam Yates, who we yeah. all hope will 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 do even better than his brother Simon. Uh, and of course, who know who we don't know yet whether. Geraint Thomas or yeah. Chris Froome will emerge as Sky's number one. Uh, Geraint Thomas is Geraint, well yeah. capable. He's of, due a big of, win as well. Of, 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 yeah. of suddenly, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Mr. Brailsford turning around and saying, "Sorry, Chris, uh, we're riding for Geraint now." It's going to be an interesting was, talk on right. the team bus, um, isn't it? And, and, it, and it's a, it's a, it's a quite a, it's another fascinating because the Alps come first and the Pyrenees second. Usually, it's the other yeah. way around. So uh, the big set-piece battles in the Alps will come in the second week and um, the Pyrenees in the third week. So uh, will, uh, will Mark Cavendish add to his tally of stage wins or is there a, a new a, a legion of young lads coming up now? If Mark Cavendish wins a stage, it will be one of the most remarkable efforts mm. to come back from the problems he's had, uh, his illnesses, his injuries, at this stage of his career. Yeah. He is still... Uh, uh, in terms of blazing speed, uh, one of the fastest sprinters in yeah. the world. But uh, don't forget, and everybody tends to, these sprints come at the end of 100 and 110, yeah. 120 miles <laughs> on the road, riding at the speed that the peloton rides at. And you know, it'll be wonderful if he wins a stage. It'll be absolutely um, an amazing achievement. Yeah. Um, I doubt very much whether he'll make it to Paris. Put it like that. Um, but um, no, it'd be great to Don't see. give it a go. Wouldn't it? Yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time. This has been the Herald Express Devon Live Talking United Tour de France World Cup Yellow Army podcast with a little bit of variety thrown in. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? And we're all uh, not we're all because I think many United fans won't be uh, at playing more next Tuesday night, and they can still call themselves solid fans yeah. of course they can there's lots more pre-season matches uh, to come but by um, the time we come back to you we'll know whether England are in the World Cup final we by will. next Thursday yeah. we'll know how Torquay have got on in their first friendly who who, who played for them who played for them more, just as important and we'll know how Mark Cavendish fared in the first few flat stages of the tour what an exciting week we've got <laughs> can't wait can't wait thanks for your company and as ever come, come on, on you, you yellows, yellows.